We're joined on Sports Talk now by Anna Richards. Dare I introduce Anna and the enormous pedigree she has in rugby union. Could probably embarrass you, Anna. Uh, what haven't you done? What haven't you achieved in the game of rugby union? I know, assistant coach for an Auckland Super Rugby women's team, but you're going to check that off tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'd look, it's a first for everybody, isn't it? It's a first for all those, um, uh, what do you call them, seasoned players? They've never done this. So the little teenagers, all the young girls we've got in there, everybody's in the same in the same boat. So it's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, it's not only the teenagers. Of course, you've got some very experienced ferns playing against each other as well. I mean, you almost cover the whole gamut, don't you? Yeah, well, look, it's it's that's the beauty of franchise rugby in that you just get um, better pedigree across the board. So it's really exciting the number of black friends that are going to be out there. Most of the girls have all featured at FTC level, so I think it's going to be a great, great game. Aside the game itself, and we'll talk a wee bit about that later, but the actual import of this fixture, full stop, uh, we, we know it's, it's groundbreaking, but where, where does it sit for you as far as the, the importance to the, to the game, not only the women's game, but for rugby full stop? Look, for, for rugby in New Zealand, we've been needing this next level of competition for a while. And I think now we've got the depth that to to have it. Um, previously, we you know we were going away to World Cups on the back of club rugby, you know, which is a real tough ask. And now that the you know the teams like France and England are professional, then we need these players to be playing a better standard of rugby longer, um, just so that they get themselves into situations and they're used to it and they know what to do. So as far as the setting up of this fixture, has the predominant drive come from Auckland Rugby? Has been a combo with, with Auckland and the Waikato? Have New Zealand Rugby been much involved? Where do, where's it actually been delivered from? Look, I think initially it's definitely driven by the franchises. You know, the Blues, um, Andrew Hall's a, a huge supporter of having women involved in the franchise, and I think that's historically from when he was at the Waratahs and they had a women's team there and he said it was great, great for the franchise. So he's driven this and then it's been driven um, by the Chiefs and then they've come to the PUs to assist to set it up. So uh, initially, definitely the franchises, but it's been a bit of a team effort from there. It would be a shame if this was just a flash in the pan and didn't carry on. Ideally, this needs to initiate a long-term uh, professional competition at that level. Is, is that viable? Is that possible in this day and age? Look, anything's possible, but anything costs. You know, so uh, I know it's been a talking point and, and something that the NZAU have been wanting to set up. Um, they, I think initially they wanted to start it up last year, but because of COVID, that kind of fell over. Um, so I know it's it's on the NZAU's radar whether because it's it's going to have to be semi-professional, and, you know, and I don't think people realise how much stuff costs. Like even this one-off game now has cost the Chiefs and the Blues a, a lot of money and the sponsors. And it's just a one-off. So to have a competition where you're going to be training week in, week out, and then playing over, you know, um, and that you're looking at probably two and a half months, it's going to cost. So it's, that money's going to come from somewhere. As far as fan engagement is concerned, the amount of people who actually watch this who turn up, um, how significant is that for the future of fixtures like this, do you believe, Anna? Well, what I've been really, really surprised with is the amount of media interest. 
you know, and if we can get you guys interested in the game, then the game gets out into the public more, and that's when more people turn up. Um, it's really difficult to get the public involved when the media is not really that keen on covering stuff. So the media interest this week's been awesome, and even since this game was announced. And so I'm hoping people turn up. I'm hoping they're going to be better than their usual fickleness um, because I think they're going to see a great game. How much of the media interest do you believe is like if this is a novelty and they'll turn up now, but later on down the track they'll lose interest? Is that a significant fear? Yeah, it is. Because I do think sometimes the media can be very fickle. You know, this is a new thing, but if you look at the amount of coverage media gives to any woman's sports, and I'm not just talking rugby, it's significantly less than um, any men's sport. So I would hope that the media, like any other corporation around the world, will be looking to for parity um, in their coverage going forward. So talking about parity, I know it's very much in the news of, of recent times and, and the lack of interest in coverage, indeed the lack of females full stop in sports broadcasting. It's all very well uh, to force this on people, but if they don't eat it, what do you do? I mean, what actually has to happen as opposed to just leaning on the media, say, get this right? What has to happen at the sport, sport end from the women to make the media carry on with their interest? I mean, chicken, egg, what comes first? How does that work? Look, I suppose they go hand in hand. You know, we've got to come up with a product that's worthy of coverage. You know, there's, you know, we can't sell you a rotten egg and then expect you to keep on trying to sell it to the public. We've got, you know, you've got to support us and we've got to then produce a, a great product for you um, to give to the community. It's almost like there needs an initial helping hand and then once the ball's rolling, hopefully things will work from there. But there's got to be a concerted effort from the media and from the public to show some form of interest to get people up and running to start things off. I totally agree with you. And, and yeah, it's, it's got to be a combined effort on, on from all aspects of the sport and the community. What about the community at that lower level? How's this professional game, well, not professional game, but how's this game being taken? And what are the movements at that lower level, at those grassroots level, in order to make women's sport, women's rugby in particular, more relevant and more desired by the populace? Look, I think it's getting better. You know, ever since uh, the Sevens went professional and they've had the World Series and the Olympics, that, you know, great silver medal by the girls and that wonderful 2017 World Cup by the girls as well. I think we've shown the public, you know, a glimpse that it is a great product. Um, so going forward, I think the public's got to buy into it a little bit, you know, show a little bit more, you know, um, more FPC on TV. Um, I think we've just got to get more people to the game, and they've got to get a buy-in that it's a great product. I think the TV is very important. And we looked at it leagues all across the world and not men, not women, but right across the board. If it's not televised, it's very difficult to get people interested. So I suppose now with the amount of platforms you can televise sport through, it's got to be more of an assistance to the game. Yeah, totally agree. You know, there's there's so many ways you can get the product out there. And, and I think you've got to look at that in conjunction with you know sponsors who are going to get um, quality stuff out of supporting uh, the women's rugby. So I suppose we've got to look at it from multiple levels.
How confident are you about the future of the game? You feel it's in a good place and it's moving in the right direction, Anna? I think stats say that 25% of all players at the moment are women. You know, and that, that's a, I think that's a huge leap, and it is probably, I think, the fastest-growing section of rugby as well. So I think it's going to keep on growing, and, and now there's actually pathways. So when I played, which was so long ago, um, uh, the only pathway that you could play a sport and get paid for it was netball. You know, tennis or um, what else, golf. So your top athletes in New Zealand, and remember, we've only got over 4 million people here. Um, your top athletes, and they're usually playing multiple sports when they're at school, which sport are they going to choose? The one that's going to cost them money or the one that they're going to make money out of? But now there's there's um, uh, pathways for the players. You know, there's contracts with the sevens, there's contracts uh, with fifteens. There's now opportunities overseas to go and play rugby and get paid for it. So it's now an opportunity for all women players. Well, uh, it's already started. And if you want to carry on and be involved in this tomorrow afternoon at Eden Park, Blues v Chiefs, the women's version, 4.35, that game kicks off. Get amongst it, watch it on the TV, get along to the ground. Uh, Anna Richards, thank you very much for your time here on Sports Talk and let's hope the future is bright. Oh, thank you very much.